A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson and my pronouns are he, him, his. And today I am doing a mid-year check-in with none other than Ethan Howard Ham. Hello, hello. Pronouns he, him, his as well. Yes, correct. Um, Yeah, I, f- full disclosure, <laughs> I'm tired because <laughs> Pride Month took it out of me because I was recording Culver City to Burbank to Ohio to Alabama um, but I, I really think that it went well with Pride Month. Don't I do you? too. I think it went very well. Um, tell me what. Wait, tell me what you liked about it. Like, tell me th- some things that stuck out to you because you were the very first episode, I and was. um, and I was honored to be the first episode, and it was also an interesting experience for me to be the first episode of Pride because <laughs> we did get kind of into it a little bit. Yeah. Well, the the stuff we got into it about. Everybody else feels it too. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think you and I both. I mean, I didn't think a ton about it because it's not my show. Yeah, but I assumed, and I think you did go into it already thinking too that we would get a wide range of things from people. Some people would be super excited and way into it and ready to yeah. party, and some people would be more reluctant. Some people would kind of be not too sure how they feel. Right. And most of us, if not all of us, who you spoke to. Hmm weren't quite ready and weren't uh had complicated feelings about well it. and the thing is that if you think about it deeply they were like kyle griswold does like to go to the festival he likes to do that stuff but at the same time it's complicated yeah and alex was talking about how they like to do stuff they love the festival they love to go to like the events and stuff, but it's a little bit lo- more low key for them. And, you know, Mandy was talking about how they like to do some of the more low key stuff as well, but like more individual on, a, on an individual yeah. basis with personal friends and stuff. So it's, it's interesting. Um, but now I was thinking about it today as we were getting ready to record that today is the mid year, middle point of the year of 2021. So we had, you know, everybody thinks of this last year, this last year, you know, type thing when it comes to our lives because of COVID, but it's been a year and a half Mm -hmm. now. So, and we've had uh, six months of, of doing the vaccine and doing, you know, things opening back up again and yada, yada. And you were just talking about how this week your sense of pride is peaked because you got your to-do list finished yesterday i did um i i haven't had a true day off in a long time i feel like (laughs) and it's to the point where i can't even really remember why like on days that i would normally have off i was doing stuff i don't remember what those things were i have no idea (laughs) yeah i well i think a lot of it is because your mom and aunt were visiting us Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom and aunt usually come in april because your birthday is april 5th mine is april 28th mom's is april 10th uh so we just always do a a birthday celebration uh, around april but of course this year they delayed it a little bit and my aunt came and you know everybody knows that my father passed away last year so and mom usually needs to get back to you know help take care of dad because he had a lot of ailments for the last four or five years especially and so she usually would fly in stay a week fly out and this time she could take a little bit more time doing what she wanted to do so she and my aunt drove Mm -hmm. um love them they took forever to get here well that's like when you told me that they had gotten home after they left here I was like, already? Well, it took them four days. Not already, but it took them four days. Oh, I thought it took them three days. Uh-uh. Oh. It took them four days to get home. Um, but it took them five days to get here. And my mom, and I don't think she would mind me saying this, she goes, I don't know how you and Ethan rode in the car together for that long, talking to each other with no nothing else to do but talk to each other. And I said, we didn't ride in the car that long. We got here in two and a half days. So we didn't have five days to, you know, sit and look at each other well, in also, a car. We kept it varied. You know, we listened to podcasts. We listened to Taylor Swift albums. We, I read you, books. And you slept. And I slept and read, and I read out loud to yeah. you from 
books that I was reading. I was I was reading Barack Obama's memoirs mm-hmm. at the time, so I was reading aloud from that. But yeah, it's it's mid year, so I just wanted to do a check in, and I got to tell you, I feel like. 2021 has not let up. They what what is that old saying the you got the lead foot on the accelerator? Mhm. I that's what I feel like 2021 has been. I yeah, I agree. Because I well, let's just go through the list real quick. You and I we we'll start from the most recent. We bought a new car. Yes. Um because your car got totaled and so we bought a new car cuz we need two cars. Yeah, that was um the first time that I've ever been in an accident like that. I've been in little things before. Yeah. I've, you know, fender benders and you know, slight rear end situations and all that. But I've never been in a situation where the airbag is deployed. Yeah. And that, when tr- the tr- trigger warning by the way, this is a scary thing and I'm sure a lot of people out there might be listening to this and remember an encounter that they had so mm-hmm. trigger warning a little late but um yeah uh i won't go into the details but the airbags did deploy and my hood was crunched up to no end and the car had to be towed away and then they told me that it was not worth salvaging so that was a big another big thing that we spent yeah. a lot of time doing and a lot of energy well doing and that was car. that that's it we had to like dispose of the car we had to find a new car and not only that we only had one car so we were sharing a car for us to get to two different jobs and um i will say that uh i work 12 miles away from our house and you work 25 miles away from our house so mm-hmm. i always had to be the one to to like not have the car mm-hmm. so that was really hard on me um, but we did that and we moved to a new apartment this year. You started a new business this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I started a new job this year and it's just been one thing after another. And I feel like everybody has been really trying to put their money down and bet on themselves a little bit, but I guess so, because I keep seeing stories and articles about how people are quitting their jobs, apparently just in droves and, uh-huh. Moving to other cities, moving to other states, uh, just everybody has kind of collectively taken this as a moment to have a reset, like a big reset in their lives. Right. Well, and I always said this about you and me, specifically in conversations together, um, that we, we've moved from Alabama to New York City. We li- we successfully managed our lives in New York City for five years, and then we moved to L.A., and we have successfully managed our lives in L.A. with comeuppances and disasters personal disasters you know money money troubles this that we we navigated everything and now we have navigated a world pandemic i think everybody knows that we'll be fine Mm -hmm. like everything's fine i can handle anything you throw it at me i'll figure it out and I think that's what a lot of people are starting to wake up and realize that, you know, you don't have the courage to quit your job and do something new because what if? Yeah, I have responsibilities. Well, we we were have... forced to deal with that what if yep. this past year, this past year and a half with the pandemic. Your what if showed up and mm-hmm. you realized you can handle it. So, and, I, and I'm in, the, in a space like that now too, where I am starting to make decisions that are best for my career. Only because in a lot of time, in a lot of, because I'm a performer, uh, actor, podcast host, uh, you know, show host, everything. I, I do the performing. I do the song and dance. I dance for my dinner. That's what I want my life to be solely. But, and that hasn't always been the case. And it, it's still not the case. But I'm starting to make decisions in that direction. And it's because the pandemic. Well, I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing. I was about to say the pandemic put it into perspective, but then I was going to catch myself and say, no, it wasn't the pandemic. It was the things that came with the pandemic, like my father passing away, being fired, doing this, yada, yada, losing friends, and like just having to deal with everything inside that. But I think that's the whole point. Everybody's got those stories of the pandemic. It wasn't just the pandemic. There was some kind of like, I would love to know if the planets were all in alignment and it just sucked the give a damn right out of us. Mm -hmm. So Something cosmic was going on mm -hmm. because... Yeah, I mean, how many people could tell their stories? It was like, it was during the pandemic that I finally got divorced or yeah. finally, finally got married or finally, you know, started my own firm or whatever the case may be. Um, I There's a there's a YouTube series that I like and um, I was watching it the other day and 
one of the people on it was talking about how if it were up to them, they would find some kind of way to retire early. Yeah. And he said, because, you know, it's like that old saying goes, you can quit your job and go fish every day or you can work really hard and slave away so you that so you can retire at 65 and fish every day. Yeah. And see, I don't know. That's something that I'm I always kind of knew, but it's really kind of been cemented for me during this whole time. Mm hmm. Is I hear that and I'm like, that's not what I want at all. I don't either. I don't want to like, have a life. And some people do. Some people want to have a life where they just get to wake up every day at whatever time they want and do whatever they want. Well, let me be and honest. And live a quote unquote retired life. That would be nice to like, like, and that's the thing. I wake up right now for, because I, I'm still, until the end of this month in July, I'm still helping to vaccinate Los Angeles. The vaccination sites are shutting down this month, so... Um, we're wrapping, we're in the process of wrapping things up now. And like, you'll be starting yet another job this year. I love, yeah, I know. Right. I love, um, I love the humanitarian work. I love getting up and going to work and helping people get vaccinated. I will be honest. It, it was a lot more exciting in the early days when we were vaccinating 12,000 people a day. And that's just not the reality of what it is anymore. So it is becoming a little bit of a dormant space where we're doing the, the grunt work of wrapping it up anyway. But I do wake up at 5 a.m. to go to that job. And that's the part I don't, that's the part I like the least is the waking up early, that early for that. I am an early bird person. If I were doing a different job, like say something that was just super creative, I wouldn't mind at all waking up at 5 a.m. But uh, I mean, but nobody want. I mean, I don't want to wake up at five a.m. That's not my choice. But if need be, I would. But um, yeah, I'm like you. I I want to spend my days doing work mm -hmm. that makes me money and fulfills my soul. Yep, me too. So that's that's where I'm at, and I think that's the where where you should be. And if you have a job that you hate that much, that you would just rather retire because you just can't fathom it there's work out there that you can do, but you know, and I, and I know that that's very trite and be like, well, just go do what you love, you know, but you and I didn't always do what we loved and I'm still not, you know, I'm still having to hustle for it a little more than you are, but that that's the thing with you and me. We're, we're hustlers. You, you're mm -hmm. starting to hustle with your, you're doing it at your, you, you've got this job, that job, everything. You've got multiple jobs, all of which you love. There's facets of which you loved all of them. Yeah, a friend of mine, the other night we were out to dinner and we drove by a hotel and she said, oh, this hotel is expanding across the street. They're getting bigger now. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she was like, we should see if they're hiring. And I was like, I cannot have another yeah, job. Yeah, well, I'm, that's the thing that you you would, you would have to sleep. Yeah. Um, but because you have two jobs, two real like employed by yeah. someone else jobs two government jobs um but then you started your business this year and you're growing your business and you are you are your own boss in that and it's been very thrilling to watch you grow this business and to help grow this business because i was thinking about it the other day somebody was like i when i was talking to somebody about you and i said oh no this is a labor of love in our family and the, he said and they said what do you mean and i said we we help each other get through all everything like we we do it together um because if i need someone to be on the podcast you're there mm -hmm. if i need someone to hold the hold the lights or f run the camera for a self tape or something like that you're there and just like the other day you had to run out for something and so it was left up to me to do the laundry for your facials that you had just you just given. So, um, it's, it's very much a labor of love. Like I'm doing your laundry. You're doing, you're holding my camera, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're getting, we're running our businesses together. And, and that's, that's exciting to me to do, to do the actual hard work to get it done. Because that's the thing. It's like your work is, your work is peaceful and tranquil and it feels good. But then there's the laundry and the lugging the table and the mm -hmm. setting things like everything is hard work. And I was telling a friend at church the other day, John Conley, um, he, he's, a, he's an older gentleman. He's 70. And he's been a working actor his whole life, basically, at this point. But he's not famous. 
but he is successful because he does he does a lot of stage work. And I told him, and he run he went had to go to Philadelphia to do a show. He or he got a show in Philadelphia, and then he just found out. I think he's gonna go somewhere. I think Washington D.C. sometime soon to do regional theater. Wow. Um, but I we were just talking about the grunt work of it all, and I said it, it takes a lot of effort to make it look this effortless, mm-hmm. because you know that, and that's the nature of what I do too. You know, there's a lot of lifting and doing and whatever in trying to make it look like. You're just being an artist, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's what we're that's where we're at in our lives right now, and I like it. So, that's definitely a big part of our lives right now, for sure. Is and especially now that things are you know cranking back into life, mm-hmm. um, is both of us are able to uh, to benefit from that. Yeah, because you know, the more things open back up, the more people want to come see me. Yeah, and. The more things open back up, the more that's available out there for you to do. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of production going on, and there's I mean, and I have, and that's the thing that's a blessing in my world that I haven't really talked a whole lot about it on this podcast. I've been performing the entire pandemic. Yeah, I've been doing online shows. I've been doing, um, yeah, I. I the, the art of doing improv, because I'm an improv actor. I do improv with a, with a house team. Um, and we've been doing online stuff. And it's it's been interesting. Um, I, I cannot wait to be back on stage again doing improv. Because improv was not meant to be on the computer. No. <laughs> improv, was, improv was meant to be experienced in person. So... But we made it work. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say you guys have done pretty well with it, considering everything. Like it works about as well as it could. Part of this episode was to do a check in. So, how do you feel about um, the 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 first six months? And be real. I want to say be real because I don't want to just come on here and paint the Instagram picture because it's like I said we we it's been nonstop and it's been hard. Yeah, that's not what we do is paint the Instagram picture. Um, not on this show. Um, I mean overall I feel pretty great actually. Um, I especially you know compared to how I felt at this time last year. Mm-hmm. It's probably right around the time I was hitting my peak crazy last year. Yeah. Um, so now, but there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, a lot of that has to do with being back at work, of course. Um, but also you and I have really learned for the most part, we've had some struggles with this occasionally, but, um, for the most part, we've really learned how to like have hard conversations in very like vulnerable and constructive ways. Yeah. It's been a lot. Um, and, and I'll say it's me. A lot of it is me. I, I'm raw and vulnerable. And I had said at, and this is something I'd like to, to for you to speak on. I hit my lowest point. Like I realized, like I had had this ebb and since dad died, I'd had this ebb and flow of sort of good days, bad days, good days, bad days, which is what people always say when they're, when you're going through grief, but like the bad days were bad. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just like, I'm not feeling it today. It was me screaming at you Mm -hmm. of just like, you don't understand what I'm going through and you didn't understand what I was going through. And, and that's okay because you couldn't understand what's going, what I was going through because you both, your parents are alive. Mm -hmm. And, but then you, did get frustrated with me and you know we had a lot of fights over that because I didn't know how to tell you how to help me and you wanted to help me but you just there was nothing to do and so it was just a very bad situation but good days bad days and then I hit sort of my rock bottom around New Year's Eve yeah which is hard because that's my favorite holiday I well, like New Year's Eve it's you know of course it's going to be that way then yeah, I mean, holiday, that's it's, it's my favorite go. holiday because I love to wipe the slate clean. And usually, I end on a pendulum swing up. Yep. Every year. I don't know. It's just it because, and that is a testament to what you bring to life because I see it as a pendulum swing up. So it always is. And I always swing up. And there was no pendulum swing from 2020 to 2021. I was literally at my lowest point. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to be too 
trite about that and say about my lowest point, I was contemplating things. And right. I wasn't. It's just I did not see a way forward. Yeah. I knew that I was going to put one foot in front of the other, but I just didn't see what, what Glennon Doyle said, calls my next right move. She says, you know, you don't have to figure this out. You have to figure out what your next right move is. Just that next step. And I didn't see it. There was no next step at New Year's Eve. Um, but after, but so the next day I sort of was contemplating it and, and journaling and everything. And I decided that my theme for 2021 was going to be pissed because that's, that's what I landed at, at my rock bottom was just angry as hell. Mm-hmm. And, and for after everything that happened and everything that went down, because I did, I felt, I felt jilted by life. I felt like I was dealt a very unfair hand and that's probably true that I was dealt a very unfair hand that, that people took my, they took, they tried to take the spotlight from my grief. They tried to make my grief about them in a sense sometimes. And then in my efforts to, to sink or swim, I screwed up my job and it was just like, Mm -hmm. it was, and, and not only that, I was dealt a hand that, and, and this is how it happens every time at jobs. And people need to know that you are not the rule. You're not the exception to the rule. You're the rule. Because I was working at, with people at Starbucks that would make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. They would even get written up. And they're just still working there. Yep. And I made three actual mistakes within a year and I was fired. Well, I'll and, tell you the secret to that. And that is and that's what happened and and my boss was my friend and so and I'm not saying that she owed me something, but I'm saying there is a story behind my three my three screw-ups. And if you'd sit down with me and listen to what I'm going through as my friend and as a as a compassionate boss, you might cut me some slack and she didn't. So, yeah. and that's and that's what happened. So, can I get on a high horse for 2 minutes? Surely. Um, for all the people listening out there right now or in the future listening to this, I will tell you the secret to that right now because guess what? I know it. Um, because I haven't worked a ton of jobs, but every job that I've worked outside of the career I'm in now has been in retail. And I've worked in several different stores, several different uh, retail environments, several different markets, meaning places in the country. Yeah. And I have learned a thing or two about jobs like that. When you go into a job, the first thing you've got to figure out, and this will take a while, but you got to figure out first and foremost if you are replaceable or not. You're always replaceable. Mm, I don't necessarily agree with that. I got replaced. But that's what I'm talking about. In any retail job, especially retail or food service or anything like that, you mm-hmm. are 100% replaceable. And if you are in a job like that, then the worst thing that you can do is be exceptional. That is uh-huh. your that is the biggest mistake you can make. Yeah. The best thing you can do for yourself. Fly under the radar. Fly under the radar. Don't do anything exceptional. Show up, clock in on time, do the bare minimum, and leave on time. But that you is know all what you though? The thing about that is though, I disagree with you on that. Because sure, that is the that is the that is the way to maintain in those jobs. But you also have to go to bed at night and deal with who you are and I'm not the type of person to ever just show up and fly under the radar and do do the bare minimum and be done with it because that's not who I am and that's not what I bring to this world and I'll never be that. Right, I'm not either. You know, and so... But I'm just saying, you know, if you are in that job and you're wondering <laughs> how to make it the easiest thing you can be, that's that, that's the secret. Yeah. Don't be exceptional. I mean, that's it. But like, what I was saying is I was pissed about all that. Mm-hmm. And I think rightfully so. In a sense, well, I mean, I don't know, rightfully so, not rightfully so. That's where I was at. That's yeah. where I landed. I was pissed. And I just, I, I had to like accept that, that, cause I don't like to accept when I'm pissed. I don't like to no, accept <laughs> that it's just like, this is what it is. I like to find the solution as quickly as possible. I like to find the purpose in this stupid moment that happened. I like to find what can I learn from this? How can I not make this same mistake twice? Cause that is one, um, one of my things that I just, I don't like to make mistakes, the same mistake twice. And so I always like to learn from everything. And I didn't have any of that at New Year's Eve this year, this past year. All I had was I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed. And so I told you, I was like, I'm going to turn my pissed into persistence and productivity. 
from for this year, and that's what I'm gonna do. I and here I am, six months later. How do you think I did with that so far? So far, I think you've been pretty damn great. <laughs> I mean, also, I will say it's been a little jagged for you sometimes because I'm like, nope, sits well. That does not sit well with me at all. Right. Hello. Thank you so good so much. Goodbye. But that's uh, some really important and valuable lessons that we've learned together as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, you know, you were wondering whether it's right to say you were treated unfairly or whatever. I think it depends on the situation that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think there were certain situations where you were 100% treated unfairly, no questions asked. Yeah. Other situations, in my opinion, from sort of the outside looking in perspective, it wasn't so much unfair as it was just um unfortunate ins- insensitive there's a lack of sensitivity yeah um but uh as far as how you've done with it i think overall it's been pretty great because that really was like your rock bottom and then it feels like you kind of just cranked back up that hill pretty quick because you were like okay here's what we're doing and you're like i'm done waiting i'm gonna invest in myself i'm gonna buy these equipment and i'm gonna well really s- start on this podcast and then oh this opportunity's come for me well to do i did improv. all this equipment and everything was was all my my podcast stuff came last year all yeah. the equipment and everything but you've continued to invest in that though. i've you've invested in lots too. of stuff like i like just yesterday or two days ago i i just I, I went upstairs into the office. You went to work, and I was like, I'm going to do some work for myself today. I'm going to do, you know, because I've got my day job, but then I have my work. And I just went to KyleLeonHenderson.com and destroyed my entire pod, my entire website and rebuilt it from scratch mm-hmm. over the course of seven hours. Um, so there's been a lot of stuff like that where I'm just like, I've got to really start thinking more about what's out there with my name on it. And I have been, and there's still a lot of work to do because Apple Podcasts sucks. Hmm. Uh, I'm just calling them out. You hear that, Apple? Because I mean, they're probably going to kick me off their platform now because I said that. Um, but they, they just don't, they're not helping me. I've reached out and they won't help me. So, um, with my specific questions. Mm-hmm. But anyway, point being, you're right that there was there was some some moments that were very insensitive to me and and the thing is it was unfair and that is that's fine because i don't have pity for people who are treated unfairly a lot of times because yeah including me <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> and because I'm not, that's not shade at you why I mean, before any years ago you know if something happened to me that i perceived to be unfair you were like tough I mean, Hate it for you. what do you want to do? What do you, what do you, do you really want to spend all of your energy freaking out about the fact that you were fired or do you want to go and find your next job? That's how I always look at it. Like, sure, I was fired. What's next? I, I cannot spend, you know, it's, I mean, and I'm not telling everybody to just walk away from every situation, no matter what. If you were fired because you were gay, sue the hell out of them. If you were fired because you're pregnant, you better have, you better own that business by next week. That's, I mean, that's for sure. But I mean, like, on paper I was written up and I was fired for it and there is there was no paper trail it was just unfortunate that I trusted people that Mm -hmm. were not trustworthy exactly and I you have to move on that's it I mean you have that's where I'm at and I still believe that but the difference this year was I didn't care if I burned the house down I didn't care if I went for broke I didn't care who I pissed off I felt betrayed by my friends and I'm like I'm gonna act a damn fool and whoever still loves me at the end of this moment, they're my friends. Yeah, I mean, and there's been a couple of times where, not to not to call you out or anything, mm-hmm. but throughout this process, you have basically been like, I don't want to say putting yourself first, but it's like, for a, for a long time now, for several years, you have been on the lookout for situations that you feel has have diminished you. And I think you reached a point where you felt like life itself was diminishing you. It was. And it really was. So you were rather, it was a fight or flight thing where you were like, I'm even going to lay down and die or I'm going to get up punching. And you got up punching and didn't stop. And to the point where... I punched you and everybody else a little bit yeah, sometimes. Like that's, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where... Because what had me thinking about this is you just said, you know, you may have had some unfair behavior yourself. I hesitate to say it was fully unfair, 
But I think it was a moment where you just kind of turned around and said, okay, I'm expecting pretty much 99% per- perfection from the people around me. And if you can't do that, then I want to say, I, I don't, I will say it wasn't a hundred percent perfection from the people around me. It was a hundred percent perfection from you. Yeah. Because you and I, and I'm, yeah. And, and because I, I, without going into details, because I'm so proud of where we are and we can talk about this too. You didn't handle my father dying very well in a lot of, in certain ways. You, you didn't, you you didn't know how, and that's not your fault. Yeah, it was just one of those unfortunate situations where you just didn't. You're you're a you're a type A personality control freak, and there was no way you could control my grief, and that's something that you yeah for sure you really like to do. Like if you see me struggling with something, you like to like if I'm like I'm struggling with my website or something, you like to pick up your phone, Google it, find the solution, come help because that's who you are, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You wanted to Google how to fix grief, in a, yeah. in a sense, and that's Almost just literally <laughs> not how it is. And and you doing that took you out of the space that would allow you to just listen and be with me and let me drive the ship for a minute. And yeah. and so that and I mean, was, and and you 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 did some things that hurt my feelings along the way, and um. And we had we had a lot of fights about it. We had mm-hmm. some some hurt feelings, some fights, some screaming matches. One night, I'll say this, and I hope this is okay to talk pretty candidly. Like there was one night after we got back from New Year's Eve, from New Year's, from Christmas and New Year's from Alabama, we were in our old apartment that was just. Ugh, I think about that apartment, and I'm just like, oh my god, that was almost as bad. Thinking about it now, and I hate it that this is true. That was almost as bad as that Brooklyn apartment for me. I was just about to say there have been places that you and I have lived, for, you know, <laughs> different amounts of time, where we have very disparate opinions about how we felt about it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we could have blown up from a gas fire at any moment in that apartment. But in Brooklyn, not in Brooklyn. the past one, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're kind of digressing on the the but topics here. I love that place. I don't think fondly about our most recent apartment that you're talking about. I want to, but nope. I don't. I don't. Um, because, but anyway, we were in that space after we got back from New Year's, and I was pissed, and I was going to turn it into persistence and productivity, and we were sitting to dinner, and we just got into such a screaming fight that we had to go for a drive. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just not, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And... And I just, and really, honestly, one of the things that was, um, that was, that was you, you have a temper Mm -hmm. and, and that's just, that's a living, that's a living, breathing fact in our Mm -hmm. relationship that you have a temper. And just like the other day, I had to ask you, please do not bang the ice cream on the counter because you're frustrated. Uh, It's, you know, kind of thing like that. Um, so you when I when you couldn't when you got to the point where you could not help your singular tracked mind of how to figure out this grief wasn't working and it frustrated the hell out of you that you couldn't be what I needed you to be right then and there doing exactly what you felt you needed to do and you screamed at me a lot at times I mean not screamed you yelled I will say yelled you 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 got loud with me in mm-hmm. frustration and and so that that broke some trust. Um, like I couldn't fully trust anymore that you wouldn't do that when I was being vulnerable because it was at my most vulnerable points that that's when that happened. So there was, it got to a point where I demanded a hundred percent perfection for a while from you. Yeah. So, and to speak on that frustration level for me, a lot of that had to deal with, um, something that I felt was unfair um, and it finally, I finally said it not long ago, like uh, maybe last week. Um, we, you know, we've reached the stage now where if something comes up that would have resulted in an, a full screaming match last year between mm-hmm. me and you, it now results in like a pointed discussion. Yeah. Um, and in that conversation that we had last week, I said, you know, I feel like because of all of this that's happened, you hold yourself, you are, you hold me to a higher standard than you're willing to hold yourself. And you basically said, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And that's how it's going to be for a little while longer. And what do you do with that if you're me? You know, you're just like, <laughs> well, okay. And the reason, and I want, and I want to give some back backstory to that was, I did the research when my dad died. Like I, it was interesting because I'd said that I had this t- moment twice last year in 2020 that um, when I was working at Starbucks, uh, the the company, you know, t- March 15th, everything shut down. And, but Starbucks was still open and the company said, we're going to move all the furniture into the corner, rope it off. You cannot stay. You have to grab your coffee and go. And it's weird thinking back now because we weren't wearing masks. Really? So no. <laughs> well, you weren't either. Nobody was. We were not wearing oh, that's masks. that's true. Right at the beginning. Nobody yeah. was wearing masks. Because I remember right when I stopped working at Starbucks was when everybody had to start wearing masks mm-hmm. and we went home. Yeah. And, um... So I remember talking to a girl who owned the gym across the street. She came in. She goes, this is so weird. And I was like, I, yeah, it's really interesting because I have a history degree. And I said, it's interesting that I don't know that we'll ever have a moment like this in our lives again where we see the biggest storm we've ever known on the horizon. And it's not here yet. And we're watching it come toward us. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, do you think we'll be back? In two weeks, and I said, I don't. I said, I think this is going to be a huge, huge moment in our time, in our, in our timeline as humans. And and I was right. I mean, not, not pat myself on the back because I was right, but I was right. Like I, it's weird because I mean, it wasn't just me. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw it on the horizon. They're like, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what it's like. What allow me to be a nerd for two seconds. Okay. It's like The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what this means. If you're listening and you know about it, then you probably are like, oh my God, it is. Basically, the point of that game is you're ex- you, you exist in this world in which the moon has been cursed and is going to fall on the earth in three days. And the moon is enormous in the sky, very close to the earth, and has an angry demon face on it. Mm. And as the days get... you. The game occurs over the course of three days. And as the time passes, the moon gets closer and closer and closer. That's scary. And all the people in this world can do is go about their lives. Mm-hmm. As the moon, with an angry, mean face, is hanging above them, getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and then yeah, eventually, it's going to crash. That's that's what it felt like. And it did crash. Mm-hmm. And 600,000 Americans are dead now. Yep. Um, but they weren't back then. Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy? To just like think back a year and a half ago that... 600,000 Americans were alive that are not here now. And and that's what we went through. But that's what I, I had that moment then, you know, we were all having that moment. But then with my grief, I knew, like, I knew dad was dying the week before he died. I was spent, I was, and so I knew that and I was there and I was savoring every moment with him in, in a way. And we would talk and we would hold hands and we would, spend time together in that in that week and I knew I I had it twice like March it happened in March the the pandemic hit and we shut down and I was like this is a big thing and then in September my dad was dying and I knew I was like this is going to be a a trajectory changing moment in my life right now I feel it in my bones that's what's about to happen and after a week, he passed. And so right in that first moment, like, it was a pretty excruciating death for him. Like, a little mm-hmm. bit. That last 18 hours was pretty rough. So in the first few days of him being gone, there was, it was a sense of relief that he was no longer in pain. But I knew, I, knew that would, I knew that would end. And so I started researching grief and... It, they and I read this article that said when your mother passes away, it just rocks your sense of nurture and you need coddling and you need comfort and you need petting and loving and just made to feel cozy and okay in the world. But when your dad passes away, I guess this is something psychological that happens in your brain with just this is what your mother and father provide for you. When your dad passes away, your sense of stability is rocked. And literally, and and then last week, we had a moment because we were shopping for cars. And I was just, and it got to be too much. Because I was like, how are we How are we now shopping for new cars after we just moved to the apartment? Uh, this brand new apartment we were excited about. And, and I just kind of had a breakdown where I was just like, 
I, all I needed was something stable. I needed to feel stable. And since my dad died, I've nothing about my life has felt stable. You and I were in a bad way. I lost two of my best friends because they said that I was expecting my people to bend over backwards for my grief. Um, and then I got fired and then I had to start a new job. Then we moved to this new apartment. Now we're looking for a car cause we have to have a car. And you know, there were days when I was going to have to take the bus to work because I didn't have a car and it was just like, everything felt unstable. And so that was, that was what that, you know, breakdown was last week with you and me talking pointedly. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking for some stability. So yeah, I'm holding, I'm not, I'm giving myself some slack to just do what I can to feel stable again. I think what you're experiencing is probably also happening for a lot of other people out there right now. Um, in that issues that were brought up because of the pandemic or because of circumstances amidst the pandemic mm-hmm. have since kind of, you know, gone down a little bit. The world is coming back. Things are kind of more and more or less getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. But then you never know. You might wake up one day and be like, oh, wow, I'm right back there again. Well, and this Del- we were talking about that today, this Delta variant. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, yeah. I'm over this. Like, get the get the damn vaccine and let's get going because the vaccine is what's going to keep you from getting the delta variant and that's what's going to keep the society going is if we all get the vaccine yeah and it just i'm just like i'm over this i'm because uh, now the cdc says put your masks on in, inside i'm like are mm. we there again all right let's pray through this well, but that's the thing. <laughs> because i knew it was coming too because mm-hmm. i have been telling people this whole time as soon as the masks came off I said, and people were so happy. People were elated. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's finally, we're going back and we're going out to the movies and we're da da da. And I said, here's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm very happy that the mask came off. I'm comfortable to take my mask off, actually. I didn't think I would be. Turns out I am pretty comfortable taking the mask off in public places. Right. If it happens where I have to put this mask back on again, I'll be just fine. Right. I'm not well, letting go of this just yet. And what's interesting is I was talking to my boss today, Tom, and I, he was, because I was like, I haven't seen you. Because he's he runs the site, and I said I haven't seen you in weeks, and he goes yeah, because I got and he said it I forget what it was it was viral bronchial Ooh. I don't know anyway and I said and he he called it something, but then he said essentially I had the world's worst sinus infection, but it was contagious. Oh yikes! <laughs> and so he had to stay home because it was like because you know how it is when your sinuses hurt you're you're like foggy and mm-hmm. your body aches and it's just so crazy well that happened to him and i was telling him i said last week i got the worst stomach bug i've ever seen in my life like i hate throwing up <laughs> i trigger hate, warning i hate it yeah trigger warning sorry i hate throwing up here's a real trigger warning no i'm not gonna say it <laughs> no don't do that <laughs> let's keep some things to mystery shall we uh i i i um yeah it was it was rough and I, I'm still like, not, I'm about 98%. There's still a little 2% of like, something's off to this day. But, and I was like, that's because we had our masks on for yes. a year. We didn't build any kind of immunity. Because I said, I, ne- I don't even worry about it. When people like, when people are, when people say, oh, I've got a little stomach bug. I could French kiss you and I wouldn't get it. That's just me. I don't. I don't get run a fever. I don't throw up. I don't get that virus. My body's like, I know what that is. We hate throwing up, and we're not getting that. Well, I got it this time. It was rough. And I the other day I was thinking back to once in New York, I went to work with the flu mm-hmm. and had a fever, and my nose was running like a waterfall, and I was hanging over people giving facials. Like, how did I do that? Like, I would never do that. Today. No, not at all. But, you know, that was that hustle. We had to have that money. Yeah. Because when you don't go to work in New York, when you don't go to work, you don't get paid. So. Um, so, yeah, the ma- and, you know, the, the mask coming back is frustrating. But we're here. That's the kind of thing where I'm like you and that I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and yell about it. I'm here. We're there. Yeah. I mean. And I'm going to do it. I'm not. Because. My boss at the salon that I work at texted me and the other esthetician and said, you know, we got some unfortunate news. We have to bring the masks back. So everybody in in the salon now has to wear their masks. Would you be, would you guys be comfortable if 
we keep the facials to only vaccinated people and they obviously will have their mask off during the treatment. Mm-hmm. And the other statistician was so pissed. Yeah. And she like texted these three big long texts about how like this is stupid. And she's being kind of sassy. She was like, well, if it's only vaccinated people who are supposedly safer, then why don't we just restrict the salon to only vaccinated people? Like she was being a little mm-hmm. rough. Well, and him. I get it. I get it. And all I said was, sounds good to me. Yeah. Because, and I told my mom about this the other day I, or yesterday I called her and I said, nobody pays me to worry about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a researcher. I'm not an epidemiologist. Nobody pays me money to figure this out. Well, I'm not a politician. I'm not writing laws. I'm not guiding right. people. I am literally giving people facials. Well, and that's the thing. Everybody that I know with, within reason, like I'll, I'll call her out. Michelle might not have no words to say about things. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show, Michelle. She's going to have a She opinions. has words about everything. She's That's got a part opinions. of why we like her. Exactly. And um, several of our friends, but most everybody would just be like, here we are. Here we are. Yep. The CDC says it again. But it's not that even that your coworker, your colleague, it's not that she doesn't agree with it or disagree with it. No. It's just that it feels like Groundhog's Day, and I just want to flip a damn table. And that's what she said in the in her like. Text. It just feels like Groundhog's Day that we're we're here again. Is this the cycle? Is it a twelve hour clock that we're just tick tocking away on? And then when we get back to twelve o'clock, masks on again. What mm-hmm. is? I mean, that's what it feels like at this point. Yeah, and it's really frustrating. And it's frustrating that in my own family, people just don't give a damn about science. They do not care what the science says. If it inconveniences them. Or they think it inconveniences them. Or even if they, well, and they're like, I hate this mask. Well, get the vaccine. Right. You, we had a moment where you could take the mask off if you had the vaccine and now there's a variant. But the vaccine is going to give you a microchip. Who cares? We're all st- dying within the next 50 years anyway. I heard a story about a woman who went on some talk show and was like... Maybe not 50, because I'm only... That put me at 84. I'd like to live a little longer. We're all, Within 100 years, everybody yeah. on this planet will be dead. So, yeah. can uh, we just... This woman went on some talk show and was like, the vaccine made me magnetic, look. And she like she was like, my keys stick to me now. And she like stuck her key to her hand and it just fell to the ground. <laughs> Well, people have been doing that. It's called grease. You have grease on your forehead, you dumb idiot. Um, but yeah, so, and I was telling my mom about this too. The other day in Santa Monica, um, I heard some something, some kind of kerfuffle outside. And when I went out to get my lunch, down, walked down the street, there was a protest uh, across the street from the, from the spa. Some people were just standing on the corner yelling about the vaccine and everything. Mm-hmm. And this woman was on her megaphone and she was like, last time I checked, this is a free country. And if you would rather live somewhere where your government gets to tell you what you can do with your body, then you should just move to China. And my mom said, well, when she can't breathe because she's got coronavirus, she's not going to be able to talk onto her megaphone anymore, mm-hmm. is she? Well, I was like one time I was uh, at Dodger Stadium when I was vaccinating there. There were some protesters who showed up because Gavin Newsom decided to do his State of the State Union from the pitcher's mound at Dodger Stadium. Why? I don't know. Um, his teeth are ugly. He knows. St- are they? D- you don't. You think his I've teeth never are noticed. pretty? No, oh never my noticed. god, they're so fake. Anyway, well, um, of course they're fake. Oh, you take a picture. Look at a picture of them. Anyway, so some protesters showed up. Like you know, it was just like I don't. E- at this point, I don't even know whose side I'm on with protesters for Gavin Newsom. So whatever. Um, I I just, but anyway, they showed up, they were waving a 15 foot American or a 15 foot pole with an American flag on top. They wound up touching the, the power lines and shocking themselves. They went home after that. It was hilarious, but sparks went everywhere. I was like, Oh my God, is she dead? And now I see the same guy sitting outside of our target almost every day with like, recall George Cascone signs. I'm like, is that, is that the new hobby in California? Recall politicians? Mm Mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner is going to be our governor next year. You know it. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to take a little brief moment to do a check-in. So um, how do you think you and I are doing six months in? Well, Because we, we've kind of delved into the, uh, the journey mm-hmm. a little bit for you and me. We haven't gotten this real on the podcast, really, I don't think. Yeah, I think we talked about, you know those areas that we feel like we're really killing it and mm-hmm. areas where we're, you know, it's still a work in progress. And well, and that's the thing that you and I, we, cause that was where I landed last week with the breakdown. I said, I need to sit still. 
Mm-hmm. I need to just look around and know what the world is going to be. And and you realized in this conversation you needed that too. I was about to say, I'm unfortunately one of those people who I don't know I need to sit still. Until I tell you uh, you until, do. <laughs> no, un- un- until I'm forced to. Yeah, and I told you, I was like, because I had said, I was like, I need, a, our because our life together needs to move a little bit slower right now because we didn't take the time in the beginning to move slowly uh, the beginning of my grief stuff and i'm like i i need to move slowly now and well if you think about it we've never moved slowly we never have and i'm like I, and i don't want to i just need to i need to because i feel like i'm tumbling and i need to stand up mm-hmm. i need to stand up and con- regain control of my legs and if you keep dragging me or if the universe keeps dragging me at the pace we're going if you're fine with it you'll be fine with it alone because i can't do it anymore mm-hmm. and you realized you don't want to do it without me mm-hmm. so and that is wonderful of course not um, so yeah, we, we are now in a place where we are committed to taking a lot more time to be nice yeah, to each other first. And I love that. I think that's something that really anybody could benefit from in whatever relationship you have, whether it's mm-hmm. with your family or friends or a significant other or whatever, make the time to be nice to each other. Yeah. That because really, that really struck a chord with you when I said that that day, didn't it? It did because you never really think about it especially if you're a person like me who's like a type A, go, 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 go kind of person. Mm-hmm. You literally do require time in the day to be nice to somebody else mm-hmm. if you care about them. You got to like, you know, people say... Well, that's the, the definition of taking someone for granted. Yeah. And so. people say all the time, you got to make time for each other. You're going to make time for each other. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Make the time to be nice to each other. Yeah. And I think that would help a lot of people, you know? I think so. And and that's something that I think you and I are very honest about our 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 fights with our friends. Like we, we mm-hmm. talk about our fights and we talk about our struggles and I think pretty openly. Something- and and so I think people sometimes I mean, it could paint a picture that we're just like doomed to yeah. you know. But sometimes I worry about that, but but I'm like I don't think so. I think we're just the ones who are willing to say it out loud and everybody else is trying to really put that best foot forward. I, which we do. I mean, when we're together, we do talk about the fights, you know, and stuff, but um, you and I also talk about the fact that we are actively being nice to one another and Mm -hmm. actively like leaning into that tenderness and actively trying to have fun together again, because we worked hard to have, a nice house and buy a new car and have nice things and put ourselves into a space where we can be a little more frou-frou about our art and our business and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But we also need to enjoy it. And I think some people forget that. And I think we're also coming to a place now where we're being, like you said, we're being very honest with each other, but we're also being very honest with ourselves. And I think some people do have the luxury of having a nice breezy easy relationship you know they don't have to Mm -hmm. i can think of a couple of people who seem to be and one couple in particular i think if it wasn't this way i would know about it they seem to just not have to try i'm curious i don't know who you're talking about it just happens i'll tell you you. (laughs) um it just they just well and that's the thing and i think i know i can speak for myself uh, but i think you would agree with this i have come to a point where me with me and you I'm like that is not us. Mm-mm. We have to try really hard. We have to work at it. We have relationships to- are hard work. But the, and here's the thing. Here I noticed this, and I don't know if I said this to you or just kind of thought it out loud. But I'm going to say it out loud on the podcast now. You and I met when you were 18 and I was 22, mm-hmm. and that's when we started. That we went on our first date when I was 22 and you were 18. Mm-hmm. Those are children. Yep, and. Nobody is who they are at 34 and 30 that they were at 22 and 18. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in a relationship, you see who that person is. Like when you start dating them, you see who that person is. And then if they even try to start evolving themselves, they become someone different and you break up with them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you bring, and then you have this like space of, 
of singleness where you just like start wearing different clothes, get a new hairstyle. And you really do in those spaces after a breakup, you evolve and then you meet someone as that new person and Mm -hmm. they see it. And like, and that's why relationships don't really, they either don't last or you're not happy sometimes Mm -hmm. because that's the key. You have to give each other the space to evolve to new, to new people. Yeah, and to try new things, and, that's and probably to do the, that, and that's hard. That's the hardest thing. That's hard to 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 see somebody who you love to not changing. judge somebody for just trying something new, and not even not judge them, just to see that and go, oh, how interesting. Yeah, and and you and, and it be took kind a, of like interested. It took by you it. and me a long time to be interested in the in the attempts at something new in one another yeah and to just fully support that because i was i'll say that that's my beef i get real butt hurt when you start doing new things and i'm not like part of it or mm-hmm. that was me in the in 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 olden times yeah you know in olden times um I would be like, I, you would do, you'd be like, I think I'm going to try this new. And I, and it felt like such a betrayal to me that you were leaving me behind mm-hmm. and that's just not fair. And so that was really me letting you evolve a lot too, but also encouraging it. But then at the same time, it, it, it was a two way street and you know, it took us a long time to really just like encourage each other to try new things. And like, you were like, Hey, I think I want to shave my head this year. Mm-hmm. And you now sport a buzz cut and a mustache, which is not the man that I met in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love it. I like it too. So I think I look hot. And then I started like grow once I grew my hair out, and then once you grew your hair out, and we all we both had long hair mm-hmm. for a while, not at the same time, thankfully, because that would have looked stupid as a, <laughs> as a couple. I don't know. I see guys with both of them have long hair. I it works. love the one thing I love about you and me more than anything else is that we are we've been together for eleven and a half years. Well, not really eleven and a half years, just over eleven years, and we don't look alike. Mm-mm. We look very different from one another. And that's fantastic because I just do not enjoy couples who just become this amalgamation of carbon copies of one another. That's it. I don't know. I mean you do you, but I don't I like I don't I'm like not that. Into, some, you do you, I'm not into somebody who looks like me. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't like and body top is one thing, but like I have long, like I have curls on top. Like I have, I started embracing my curls. You buzzed your hair. And when we, it was the exact opposite. I had a buzz cut when we met and you had long wavy hair. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting that we gave each other the space. And I think that's the key to step back and let each other do the individual thing. And then once and once they sort of try it, like it, walk around with it, you need to come back and just be in love with it mm-hmm. because that's who they are, you know, kind of thing. I think you have to give that space to breathe. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I just, I'm really excited about how peaceful things are about to become in in our world because, I mean... Barring any kind of disaster, because right. you wrecked your car, who knows what's going to happen next? Because um, you know surprises pop up. But we've bought the car, we are in the house, um, we we have our path. You're doing your business, I'm doing my, you know, my thing, my performances, mm-hmm. my auditions, my my show. Here we are. So I just. I'm really glad of where things are halfway through 2021. Yeah, it kind of feels like things are settling into um, just, you know, getting down to it. And then taking whatever free time we have to do things that really make us happy. To travel and Mm -hmm. to, to do, go, go to dinners with friends again and go to movies. I can't, I cannot wait to go back to Disneyland. Oh my God. That's all. I'm just, I mean, nothing, nothing to say about it. I just can't wait. I'm going to need to wait a couple more months for that just because I don't have, I have no interest in going to walk around Disneyland in 90 degree weather with a mask on. Yeah, that's fair. I do want to go, um, for Jack Skellington's Haunted Mansion in October. That's perfect. So. Perfect weather Mm -hmm. to go to Disney. Indeed. So anyway, that's it for today. 
And I hope everyone will continue to get your vaccinations and, I guess, wear your mask when they ask you to. I know that this time is very confusing, this in-between space of will we or won't we, what should we do, but just kind of be give a little grace to the world as we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, I know that it feels like Groundhog's Day, and... This is not like me. I'm never really the, like, cockeyed optimist kind of person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like, by and large, people are starting to do that more now. Yeah. Starting to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know? I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, that was mm-hmm. not the case at all. Everybody, oh, no, was, look- at all. everybody was looking for everybody else to be wrong mm-hmm. and to be violently, you know, angry about it. But now I feel like everybody's just too tired. Yeah. And just to be like, okay, I'm in the store and I have a mask on and you don't. Great. Who cares? Who cares? Well, I mean, and, and if you if you're vaccinated, I just assume everybody's vaccinated if they're not wearing a mask now. That may, I know that that's not true. Well, but it makes my heart feel better. If you live in Southern California, or maybe it's just LA, and you haven't gotten the vaccination yet, first of all, how did you find this podcast? Second of all, right, they're giving out all kinds of free things to you. Go get your vaccine. I and, got nothing. And, for mine. and then like go to the Dodgers. Yeah, do it. But anyway, uh, everybody, take a little time to ha- enjoy. The 4th of July weekend, happy Independence Day, celebrate the birth of our nation. It's still the greatest nation on earth, even though we're going through some growing pains. We're going to get there. Anyway, take a little time to be kind to yourself. See you next time.